episode number 127, Camaro Outrage. Welcome to the Camaro Show, a podcast about all things Camaro and GM performance news. I'm Chris Frezzo. And I'm Jason Debler. We're your hosts for this week's episode of the Camaro Show. Want to be part of our show? It's easy. Just leave a message on our voicemail hotline at 586-486-3182. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. And welcome back for another exciting episode of the Camaro Show. I'm Chris. I'm Jason. Camaro Outrage. I am outraged. <laughs> outraged. I'm, I'm going to be ranting through the whole episode. <laughs> You'll, Get ready. You, yeah, you guys will know what we mean when we, when we touch on uh, uh, many different subjects in this episode. We're not personally outraged at the car. I don't think anybody's no. personally outraged at the car. But there's a lot of outrage going on this week. Due to a few different items that we're going to be talking about. Yeah. So how are you doing this week, buddy? I am outraged. That's how. Are you still outraged? I am still outraged. In fact, I'm like I said, I'm going to rant through this whole episode. It's it's all going to be good fun. Yeah. No, uh, <clears throat> doing well. Uh, last week, uh, got a little tail end of um, of uh, Hurricane Harvey, that son of a, you know. And... Um, Right after word, we were doing some cleanup in the yard. No damage. We're very fortunate. No damage or anything. But but it was it was pretty nasty for a while. Because you were supposed and to then, come to uh, Michigan for Labor Day weekend. Yep. And you didn't make yep. it. Didn't make it. Didn't make it because we couldn't have had a good time with our friends in Houghton Lake, knowing that there was a chance that our house was getting trashed. It's like, oh hey, let's drink up because our house might not be there when we get back. So and in the creek that runs behind our house, it did rise quite high and it started to come up our yard a little bit but um didn't quite reach us so that was good we, we were driving around after after the day after and noting all the devastation which is pretty much the the creek rose above the creek bank and 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 put a lot of debris and sticks and logs and stuff all over the place I'm like wow it's terrible and i realized oh, oh oh this is terrible how about texas so yeah really really put things into perspective is if we thought was a minor annoyance was was terrible man just all, all this time, I've been feeling pretty pretty rough about the people in Texas. So hopefully, everybody's getting back to where they need to be with that. Think about the guys in Texas, but now, now I got Florida. Man, Florida's gonna be devastated. We got a we got a Cat Five hurricane headed straight for the entire peninsula. I know, and we got a lot of friends in Florida too. Yes. So, so if you guys are there, trying to batten down the hatches, stay in high ground, and ooh, be safe. Otherwise, just get the heck out when they told you to. Dang. I don't know, man. I, that's got to be hard. It's got to be really hard to yeah. do. So ho- hopefully it's not too bad. Hopefully it changes its mind and changes its course. But I know. It doesn't, so. <clears throat> well, the first, thing, so. The, the first thing I want to talk about this week is um, August 2017 sales. We, we touched on this a little bit last week saying, you know, we, we we're looking forward to this this week because, um, well, it's now September. So that means the sales are out. And let me tell you how Camaro did in August. <clears throat> Camaro deliveries in August were 5,017. Better, right. better than last month. All right, Let's yeah. compare that to Mustang. Mustang was 5,535. What? So, well, 400 cars. But what to me was the most shocking was Challenger. Number one, 6,253. I'm outraged. For a 10-year-old platform... <laughs> car that continues to sell now we've we've touched on this before we 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 believe challenger they're they're 
they're selling this car at at, at least specials. Um, and and Mustang is the big news, down thirty three percent, thirty three percent. People people look at Camaro and say, why isn't Camaro selling? Well, Camaro's been steady all year round. In fact, five thousand units is is up. They're down eleven percent from last year, but Mustang is down thirty three percent. GM's still, I guess, happy with with sales, but. You know, they could always be selling more, you know. Well, I mean, I guess they say it's not how much you make, it's how much you spend. Exactly. <laughs> and, and they spent you, their money on the car, and now they're making plenty. And as you've said in the past, uh, General Motors isn't in business to sell cars. They're in business to make money. Mm-hmm. It's all about the margin. And let me read you something, too, I found quite interesting in their uh, monthly uh, report. And this is this kind of speaks exactly what we've been looking for proof of for the last couple months we've talked about with Camaro. From the from the official GM report, supplemental data, U.S. inventory levels are down 85,000 vehicles from the end of June to about 893,000 vehicles. The company is on track to meet it, uh, its inventory target, which is to the end of the year with stocks at or below last year's level of about 850,000 vehicles, which fewer cars and more trucks, crossovers, and utilities are in the mix. According to J.D. Power estimates, GM's August incentive spendings as a percentage of ATP was 13.9% in line with domestic competitors. So they're not throwing a lot of money on the hood. Now listen to this in particular. Year-to-date, GM has the lowest daily rental mix of any full-line automaker and about 8% of total sales. GM remains on track to decrease their daily rental sales by 50,000 units in 2017. We've been talking about this for about a year now. GM is not dumping their cars to fleet anymore. And this is a direct correlation with sales of Camaro. Hmm. Let's think about something here. We don't claim to be professors of auto sales numbers and everything. We just kind of report what we see and we have our theories. And and, and I, I remember when the internet started getting big and there was a lot of people jumping on starting race car parts companies online. <laughs> yep. And um, one in particular who was gr- a great great company and everything. It's I'm still sad to see him go as a T-Burn Motorsports. Oh, yeah, Tom Byrne. And Tom, being the great guy that he is, and he was a pretty sharp business mind, but he, he the way he, he ran things, he didn't really keep a lot of people of, of his competition happy. It, he would say, okay, whatever I don't make on margin or profit, I'm going to make up on number of sales. I'm going to sell things dirt cheap. Uh, hey, wait a minute. If I sell something and make a penny off each one and I says, sell a trillion of them, that means I'll have a lot of money. You know, that that's, yeah. that's the way of thinking. And that seems to be the way of thinking that it is when it comes to rental cars. You know that the fleet sales, they get a better deal, right? So they've got a bunch of low, typically low-optioned cars out on lots because, hey, we can move them out. We can sell them. Yes, we're selling them a lot cheaper, but we're selling them. Yeah. And they're out there, and people are driving them, and like, gosh, it doesn't have anything in it. I wouldn't buy this car unless they buck up big time for the well-optioned rental car, which is very rare. Right. Meanwhile, based on that article, General Motors is just going, okay, we're going to sell retail, more than anything else, because A, that's where we're going to make our money, and that's where we're going to build loyalty. Exactly. 
So while hmm. Mustangs dumping, or Ford's dumping a lot of Mustangs into the fleet and rental market uh, to um, artificially inflate their sales, and still down 33% per year, uh, Camaro's holding the holding the ground. And, uh, and, and uh, what, what Challenger's doing, I don't know. I have no idea how to follow them. They, they confuse me because they have such an old platform, yet continually sell the car. Now, like I like we mentioned before, there was some incentives, lease incentives, uh, like $59 challengers uh, a, a month, um, some months ago. And uh, I don't know if they're keeping up with that, but they're selling, they're selling uh, six, what is it, 6,000 cars? It's not, not, not nothing to sneeze at. I really can't see uh, everybody uh, buying Hellcats though at uh, seventy seventy five thousand dollars or Demons. No, uh, yeah, I don't expect to see them on the rental fleet. No, 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 no. Here's one other thing in the article too. It says Hurricane Harvey did have an adverse effect on deliveries during the last week in August for every automotive uh, automaker. By the key U.S. economic fundamentals, remain supportive of strong vehicle sales. While the U.S. economy is strengthening, we anticipate retail sales will be strong for the foreseeable future. Hmm. There you have it. Interesting. <clears throat> so while, while, while some people like to be negative about the Camaro sales, I, I, think, I think they're just holding steady. Would I like to see them outsell Mustang? Hell yes. Would I like to see them sell more? You bet. But they're going to keep making the Camaro, and people are going to keep buying it, no matter what. So, obviously, GM's going to kickstart some things next year, in 2019. It looks like they're going to do a mid-cycle refresh, obviously, mm -hmm. to maybe kickstart some more sales. But uh, for the most part, there it is. There it is. Ta-da. Ta-da. Uh, let's see. What do you want to talk about next? Oh, I know. I oh, know. boy. More outrage. More outrage. Yeah, this is outrageous. Big outrage. Camaro ZL11LE banned in Europe. Banned. Because it's too fast? No. No. Because it's illegal to sell the Europe because of the aerodynamic bodywork is too dangerous for pedestrians. <laughs> Maybe you should get better drivers or pedestrians stay the hell away from moving traffic. I, I, I Okay, if that's too dangerous, I just watched a video. I don't remember what the model was, but it was like a one of like a few Lamborghinis ever produced being delivered to the UK that had the most aggressive, most weird body aerodynamics I've ever seen on any car. But the Camaro is banned? I'm, I don't get it. Yeah, I, I'm, it, it, I'm, I'm, I'm confused. There's always been this this whole thing about US cars and the, over there in Europe, you know, you know the bias, just watching Top Gear. You know, they. <laughs> oh, an American car can compete with our BMWs and Mercedes? Yeah. Yeah. Not only that, it smokes them. You know, more, more ZL11LEs for us to buy, so screw you, Europe. <laughs> <laughs> if, if anybody's Whatever. listening to the show from Europe by any chance, which we, I know, I think we have a handful of listeners at the very least. We do. Tell us, call in if you could, or just send us a message. It might be a little cheaper. Um, and tell us what you think of that. We'd, we'd like to hear your point of view being uh, in Europe. And we're, we're, we're going to link up these, these articles in the show notes, too, so you can read the article yourself and pass your own judgment. 
<laughs> oh, this next article, though, this one, this, this has been one of the top stories of the week, and it worked its way in the mainstream Oh, yeah. I saw this. I mean, after I was getting tagged on it multiple times on Facebook, I saw it on Good Morning America. I saw it on the local news. I saw it on um, World News Tonight. Um, so, how would you react, Jason, if you oh. if you took your one of thirty or three hundred uh, Indy five hundred pace cars to a GM dealership for an oil change, and you know, I think they maybe had to do some. You know, like rotate the tires or something like that. And you, sure. You laugh to go have lunch, and all of a sudden, it's happened. Yep. You saw your car drive down the street, and you're like, "Wait a minute, that is another Indy 500. That is my Indy 500 car." And you go follow it, and you find the mechanic. I'm just going to get lunch in the drive-through, in your car. What would you do? Well, this lady pulled out her cell phone and started recording him, and he got awfully antsy, <laughs> trying to back out of the drive-thru. Why are you taking my car? You know, and uh, it just—it was—it was not a good situation overall. Basically, the G- the dealership came out and said, "Yeah, what he did was wrong, but yeah, they do take cars out. Um, this is not a normal practice." Um, I guess they, they offered the lady some money or tried to pay for her. She declined, said she would never take your car back. Um, she doesn't want anything to do with that dealership anymore. And mm-hmm. the bad publicity that this dealership is getting is immense, immense, because of this one person. Now, my question to you is, what would you do in that situation? Well, uh, boy, we're, I've, I'll try to be brief about this. Um Let's see here. I, I, I would have a I, I would I would I oh, I just get infuriated just just thinking about this. I get it. Sometimes they have to take the car on a test drive. I got this noise it makes at thirty five miles an hour. Okay, great. They got it they gotta they gotta replicate the problem. I get that. If that's what this guy was doing, that's fine, but I don't think he was based on his reaction. Um if I would if if if, if I always worry about this too when I take my car there, but you almost sound kind of like kind of like a dick if you say, you know, don't drive my car anywhere. You know, it's you know, it's almost like I don't trust you. But then again, when you see videos like this, how can you trust any dealership? If I saw this guy as in the situation, the first thing I would do is say, you get out of my car now. You walk back to the dealership, I, and then I would go back to the dealership and do exactly what that lady said. This is unacceptable. This is. For them to admit, oh, yeah, we do that sometimes. Listen, jackass, my car is not your transportation device. My car is your project. You fix it. I drive it. That's how it works. You don't just drive it whenever you feel like it. You don't have a fleet of somebody else's cars you can just choose from whenever the hell you you need to go and do a parts run. It doesn't work like that. You've depreciated my vehicle for your gain. Yeah. Do I want compensation? Probably not. I, I just... I, oh, if that ever happened to me, I would destroy them. I would absolutely destroy them. Rant, 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 rant. Well, according to her, too, as soon as he found out he was caught, he was trying to back out of the drive-thru, and he um he curbed the wheels on the, oh. on the cement <laughs> um, in an attempt to, uh, to try and back out and get out of the situation. Um, mm-hmm. I think what made this even more infuriating for her is she believes this happened before, and when she she didn't have proof, well, her proof was a Taco Bell wrapper in her back seat. 
And oh. the dealership told her, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am. Um, that probably just blew in through the window. <laughs> uh, beg your pardon, but I don't buy that for one second. I've had many cars in my life over the men- over longer than you've ever been working here, <laughs> and no Taco Bell wrapper has just magically blown its way into it in my garage. <laughs> no, somebody was eating Taco Oh, so I guess this piece of cheese, because I'm sure there's a piece of cheese somewhere, <laughs> is underneath the seat, too. Like I said, that's when I would have said, you, out of the car, now. Put it in park or take it out of gear or whatever. Put the emergency brake on, and you carefully open that door and get out, and you can walk back to your dealership. Oh, oh, ooh. I would have a hard time not knocking the guy out sitting in the car. So apparently she went right back to the dealership, demanded their car, and they said the, the their car was unable to be found. And uh, when she showed a smirking manager the video... He told them it was against the rules, but it does happen. Why? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. So. Well, I'm just skimming, I'm skimming this article a second time. I think that's our car, so we followed it. He was going so fast we couldn't even catch up. <laughs> and that's when he, then, then he pulled into the drive-thru at the burger restaurant. Yeah. Yep. I... I I get I, I get I truly get angry just thinking about this. Yeah. So I'm gonna link this up in the show notes. I'm sure everybody's seen this already, but I'm gonna go ahead and link it up anyways. And uh, this has been all over the news. Um, Wasn't there one before where somebody took somebody else's ZL1 out and destroyed it? Yes. At yes, a dealership. I think we talked to that person, didn't we? We messaged with him or something. Something like that. That was a couple of years ago. Yeah. God, I just, oh, okay. I know, it's All right, we're going to move on. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, Chevrolet Camaro's I... Z01 and Z01 1LE hot lap at VIR, both in the top five in the car and driver. You know, car and driver every year does one of these um, these hot lap things. Well, this year, they got it uh, to VIR, and uh, these cars dominated, obviously. Obviously, so... Our good friends over at CamaroNews.com posted up a bunch of the videos, and I'm going to link that up in our show notes as well, and you can you guys can watch this because it's badass. Love it. It's incredible. <laughs> Dang. Just incredible. I know. Well, we have a couple voicemails this week. Oh, cool. We have two. So let me go ahead and play the first one. Uh, hey, guys. It's... I was trying to call the Ferguson show, but they're only 6, what is it, 11 p.m., 6 a.m., 6 a.m., 11 p.m., something like that. Anyways, uh, how's it going? Skin cold? I'm sure you guys have frost warnings up there. And uh, Hurricane Irma is coming. She's pissed off, and she's red. Level five. Sharknado uh, number six. Anyways, I want to know what your tips and tricks are for putting the car away in the winter, i.e., coal in the trunk. <laughs> I don't know if that's a uh, bad way of saying rusty sheriff's badge or uh, dirty white clown. I don't know. Anyways, I'm heading home from work, watching out for deer. Talk to you guys later. See ya. Postal Dave. Turn this thing up. <laughs> Can't figure it out. Hang up. <laughs> that was great. Uh, that was the best part of the whole. <laughs> uh, all right, all right. What do you say? Uh, he wants to know uh, 
something about how we put cars away for the winter. I, don't, I think we're going to get to that in a future episode because that's we exactly have a whole, right. We have a whole thing we talk about every year. So yep, we sure do. Probably sometime around uh, I don't know, just before the SEMA show. Yeah. Speaking of SEMA. Yeah. We're gonna have our meet and greet. Don't forget about that team. Yep. We got an event already set up for that on Facebook. So go add yourself to it. Um. Yeah. Should be should be pretty cool. Should be um. I'm guessing bigger this year because uh, it looks like we have the uh, the Nevada Camaro Club coming. <laughs> yeah. It'd be great to hang out with them. Yeah, cool. So uh, if, if you guys want to leave a voicemail like that or uh, how, talk to us about anything, um, here's how. Hey, want to be part of this show? Well, we want to hear from you. Just hit our digits at 586-486-3182, 24 hours a day. Leave us a message and we'll feature it in an upcoming show. So what are you waiting for? Do it now. We got one more voicemail here. Cool. Yo, 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 what is up, guys? It's AJ, the resident Mustang guy calling in. And with SEMA season quickly approaching, I want to kind of talk about that a little bit, uh, specifically the concepts that appear at SEMA. Now, this is something that I have kind of noticed, and I was wondering if you guys kind of noticed too, that when the, the concepts and cars that they built for SEMA kind of have you know, kind of died down a little bit since, you know, back when the Camaro, the fifth gen first came back out. You know, there was so many different concepts and so many different variations. I understand it was a new car at the time, but even the years after that, the manufacturers always had, you know, very cool different builds and just they had so many different cars and so many different parts. And now it's kind of died down a little bit. And I think there may be a problem as to why the car is not selling as well, even with the price, is because it's just not kind of exciting for the aftermarket, you know? And I, the aftermarket does sell cars. And I think that's one of the problems, you know, and then with the loss of, you know, print media, people going away from print media, you know, it used to be advertising all in your face all the time, boom, 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 reading these magazines and stuff. And now, you know, print media kind of going away, people really don't even really read anymore so i mean you don't really see the aftermarket and i wonder if people just aren't buying the car because they don't think there's a lot of parts out there for them because most of the camaros you see are pretty much stock other than wheels or something like that or stripes but i was just it popped into my head i wonder if the aftermarket just i know it's there but it's just not at the forefront in the buyer's eye um, that's with any car, Mustang, Challenger, anything. But that's all I wanted this week, guys. Talk to you later. AJ, the resident Mustang guy. So he poses an interesting scenario. So he th- he thinks that uh, with the aftermarket, that because print media is going away, that it's not selling the aftermarket as well to these cars, which he believes sells the cars more. Interesting. Um, I think as consumers nowadays, we are consuming the news differently. Um, we're not going to print anymore because we are a Facebook, Twitter, Instagram generation, and that's the way it's moving, and that is where the advertising is. Mm-hmm. I mean, we grew up with forums. I mean, that's where we... I mean, you <laughs> saw how advertising went with forums and now how forums for the somewhat are, are kind of even 
dying off as well. Um, I have to agree. And moving more towards a global platform that has the, how do I put this, more eye share on the on the the stuff that people are, are sharing and writing and Facebook. Obviously, you can't get bigger than Facebook. Two billion active users a day. Two billion active mm. users a day. You can't get any bigger than that. And that is, um, I think, where people are, are going to nowadays. What do you? I mean, I agree. I agree. I, <clears throat> it it made things easier for the consumers and harder for the manufacturers, for yeah. sure. It 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 leveled a lot of the playing field where a small player can become a big player very if they are very strategic about it, yeah. um, with very very little um, uh, investment. Mm-hmm. And we'll see. I mean, we're going to be at SEMA this year. We're going to see how how things go. Uh, there's always a, a car type of SEMA, you know, Mustang. It's been Mustang the last couple of years. Um, we'll see what what, uh, what Chevrolet and GM have, have got in store this year for Camaro. I know you said there's this whole process where you can get a dollar car if you do something crazy oh. uh, for SEMA. It's and not I, easy. It's, it's not easy, yeah. no. And then don't you have some sort of contract? I don't know. Do you have to give that car back when you're done or anything like that? I have no idea. I don't I, I don't think so. Let me see. There's um there I, I started to go down that path. It's very, very difficult. Um it's it's not like, hey, spend a dollar. You got it. Basically the money that you save from not buying the car is just a fraction of what you have to put into the car to honor your end of the agreement. Sure. You have to be willing to spend a lot of money building a concept or so show the, car. So you get the car for a buck, and you have to put fifty grand into it, or 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 more. Or more. I mean, competition is really stiff because people, you know, yes, you, then you can turn the car, turn around, and sell the car. I think I don't know. It depends on the nature of the contract, but yeah. uh, I don't know. I, I think we're going to see a lot more Camaros this year at SEMA than we did last year. We just saw next to none, last if year. I remember right. Yeah. So good, good voicemail, AJ. Yeah, thanks. Definitely thanks makes you that. makes you think. Definitely makes you think. Um, well, to end the show, you have this. Uh, you you brought this article to my attention, and I, I did see this getting passed around Facebook a little bit this this week uh, with a, a picture of a, a C five Corvette. Because this is what the the twentieth anniversary of the LS engine. Yeah, can you believe it? That's it's. it's the LS has been around for 20 years this this year. Yeah. Uh, a- after its introduction in the 1997 Corvette. Um, and I think that one of the better articles that I've seen about it is on The Block, which we talk about The Block a lot. Um, it's, uh, instead of, you know, just talking about the history and everything of, of all the engines, you can kind of get that from anywhere. What they did is, um, well, I'll, I'll read this real quick. Um, uh, now, we're not going to celebrate with a history lesson. Plenty of other publications have all that info, like the different LS engines, the years they debuted, tech specs, and more. But what they're going to do is take you behind the scenes with the Chevrolet performance engineer for the LS, LSX, and LT engines and components. His name is Rocco Parker. And when I worked on the Chevrolet performance uh, account when I lived in Michigan, I believe I had a phone call with Rocco. Super cool guy. Nice. Um, like, it goes on to say that Rocco started with General Motors back in 1986, designed vehicle components for 11 years, and then transferred to Chevrolet Performance in 2006. Then he designed cold air intake kits and cat-back exhaust systems. Um, 
which then led him to start working on his current assignments with the Gen 4 engines. He's the real deal, yet he's very modest. Um, <clears throat> one of the leading guys designing and testing LSX, LS, and L- now LT engines. Um, just the first question was great. Growing up, did you ever think you'd be helping design and build such a popular line of engines? And he said, absolutely not. If you would have asked me as a kid, I would have thought I was on top of the world. I've been working on and modifying cars since I was 14, so this job is a great fit. And then he goes on to say there's 14 vehicles at his house. Some drivers, some hot rods, two drag cars, and two circle track cars. I think this is one of the reasons why the Camaro has been successful and why the LS has been successful is because it's not just a job. It's their life. They manage to find a job that matches their life, and that comes out. And I I really think that needs to happen um, in order for something to be successful. They have to be into it. You can't just say, yeah, I'm a car engineer and great. I get to work on a Camaro. I get to work on a Corvette. I wonder when I'm going to be able to retire. Huh. And that's it. Huh. You know, That's cool, this though. This is different. And it shows. In fact, when I end this episode, I'm heading up to Bowling Green for LS Fest and I'm going to yeah, look for Rocco. Nice. Nice. I'm sure there's going to be mm-hmm. um, other uh, Chevrolet performance folks over there. Yep. Last year, I tried to live stream it. Couldn't do it. Didn't have a solid enough connection. Yeah. Um, but at least I'll get some pictures and such. Excellent. Excellent. Look forward to that. Yeah. In fact, last year I had an interview with the Magnuson folks. That's right. I remember that. Yeah, that was a cool episode. I'm going to look those guys up again. Yeah. See what they got going on now because they had that brand new Camaro. They put their blower on and a tune and sticky tires and they went, gosh, did they go low 11s? Something like that. I don't know. Look, look for an episode about 52 episodes ago. <laughs> and uh, Awesome, dude. It'll be that, so. Cool. Have fun at LS Fest, too. Yep. This should be fun. Yeah. All right. That's cool. it. That's it that's, for me. That's And that's it for the show. We're uh, usually past our mark that we, we do the show for, so cool. Um, well, we'll be back at it again next week. I don't know what we're going to have to be outraged about next week. <laughs> if, if there's any more Camaro outrage. You know, you know what I'm outraged at real quick is that I got no entries for um, the little contest that I issued last week. That was two weeks ago, actually. Two weeks oh, was ago. It? Yes. Oh, that's right. Two weeks ago. No none. entries. Right, Why don't you to... talk about it again? What? Pardon me. Talk about it again. So, so uh, people... Well, I got a, I got a personalized license plate, and the first person that can call in and say what it is um, wins a free prize pack, uh, courtesy of the uh, the prize vault. And uh, let's see. Uh, who knows what's going to be in it, but some Camaro goodies, no less. Uh, how about this? Maybe I'll make it easy. I might post a picture somewhere that you guys can see it. Oh, oh. First person to call in, you get one guess and one guess only. <laughs> if you see the picture, you'll you'll freaking win <laughs> uh, of what it is. Uh, call into the voicemail hotline, and you'll be the, the, the winner. You have to say exactly what it is, the way that it is on the plate. Cool. You have to be very clear and specific. There you go. Here. You heard, of, you heard it here, guys. Get your voicemails in. And then uh, I guess uh, we'll see you guys again next week. See ya. Yep. Thanks for listening to The Camaro Show. Don't forget, drop us a voicemail at 586-486-3182. We'll see you next week. See, see ya. ya.